Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. If you have it by now, please go check out the Once in Unity comp, literally streaming everywhere. Such an awesome collection of bands doing awesome things. I seriously can't get over the response and how awesome everything came out. So shout out to all of you who have supported so far, but please stay tuned. CD sold out. The pre-orders for the shirt got taken down. So hopefully you guys were able to snag um, either of those, but vinyl will be coming in the future. So please stay tuned for that. On today's episode, we travel up to wild rose country. I love everybody that I've talked to from Calgary. So many awesome bands, so many awesome people up there. I was fortunate enough to have been able to sit with Spencer and Wolfgang to talk about the new Endgame demo, aka the Bad Bitch demo. I was really surprised that they are barely putting out any music. I had watched so many live sets, and I just assumed that there was stuff floating out there but maybe I'm just caught up in so much new music uh, floating around coming at me left and right. Um, but I was surprised to hear that there literally was nothing recorded up until now and they just lived with those live sets. So I'm very stoked that the demo is finally out five awesome tracks. I highly suggest you go check that out. And, you know, I did mention earlier, go check out the one scene unity comp, do that for sure. But also take the time, check out this awesome band from Western Canada Endgame. They just put out their demo. I have a lot of faith in them. I hope that they do a lot when the pandemic's over. I hope everybody does a lot when the pandemic's over. I hope there's just an influx of bands wanting to hit the road, just play anywhere, just put new places on the map. I just want shows to be happening constantly. So I literally can't wait for that. But it was really fun to sit down and talk with Spencer, even though we talk pretty often shout out to Spencer. Um, but it was also great to get to know Wolfgang and talk to him about the band and what some of the songs mean to him. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation I had and welcome Spencer and Wolfgang to the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Spencer, and welcome to the podcast for the first time, Wolfgang. How's it going, guys? So you guys play in a band called Endgame? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, I, I, I caught you guys in the middle of uh, you sipping your beverage, but uh, that's no, awesome. Yeah, okay. uh, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, get the new record early, and um, I saw you mentioned earlier on the internet spencer uh, this is a your guys' uh, demo which i was totally tripping out because i thought you guys had already released music before this <laughs> everyone does everyone thinks that yeah like i think um things got a little funky as far as like when we started playing shows to when we were actually able to record because we had started recording right before covid hit and then a lot of places didn't want us to record because they had like basement studios or shit like that. So we were kind of fine. The actual how everything came together was a very um, 
non-ideal way but you know as far as all the people who were involved and who were willing to make it happen like it came out as a as a great product that um i think we're all like really stoked on it oh man i'm so happy with how it came out all right uh before we get to the record talk let's jump back to the very beginning how did this band form and like how'd you guys all meet well, I'll, I'll let Wolfgang domin- dominate most of this podcast because I've been on this podcast three. This will be my third time. So <laughs> I'm letting Wolfgang talk as much and, and I will fill in the gaps as needed. Yeah. So Endgame started, I guess, we, we played our first show actually like a year ago, two days from now, like when the demo is dropping on yeah. the 30th uh, was when we played our first show. I think it was a scoped exposure, little like, showcase kind of show right before a scoped exposure two-year show happened with like dare and no right um but when endgame was forming it was we all we all ended up going to vancouver for a dvk five-year festival kind of little show um and it was me spence and chad ruff which was our original drummer that we had two drummers ago because we also had our friend Frank fill in for a while because uh, Chad ended up uh, like just having a lot of stuff going on. He had like broken his foot. We, we literally like wrote the all of our songs with a I drummer totally with a broken foot. I totally forgot about that. Chad was drumming with a broken foot. <laughs> like one song is just like double kick halfway through, and he was just like in a in a cast doing that. Uh, but yeah, no, we all went, and me and Chad. We had like we our flights landed around the same time and we were both kind of just like, yeah, like let's hang out a bunch like during the fest. And we were just kind of talking during like the last day of it, I think. I think it was like before like we went and saw integrity play. We were just kind of talking about like how we like wanted to like form bands and shit, like just hardcore talks and stuff like that. Then he mentioned that because his previous band had just broken up because of some stuff that came up. Uh that he and Spencer were going to start a crossover band or they were looking into like starting some sort of a project. And I was like, yo, me and Remy have been, me and Remy, our bassist, have been trying to start a project for about a year or so and just had no luck with finding members in Calgary that like are around our age group or even not even really our age group, just people in general who are interested in starting something that we are like, that's like in our realm of music. Um, and so yeah it's just it took us all leaving calgary go to vancouver to actually start a band but i think that might be with most fests is that you just like get this like love of hardcore and then you like just want to do new shit with your friends and you talk about it a lot while you're there but um yeah that was kind of the that's where the idea originally came came to be yeah i'm tripping out now because I obviously Spencer, I've, I've known you for a bit, so I, I watched those Endgame videos, and I, I just I played it out in my brain that you guys had already been established. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like yes, yeah, so now I'm just trying to like wow, I was like I just made up this thing in my head, and that definitely wasn't the case. But it's something cool to um, you know hear you guys kind of spark this idea, and then it you know finally coming out and like being like a, a bigger thing. So I, I think that, that's pretty cool that you guys were able to come together and make things work out. Yeah, and and I just want to because we actually talked about this on on my podcast is like a lot of bands call it if their quarantine bands are coming out, they don't have the opportunities right now to play those songs to people at shows. So even though we didn't do like the demo first kind of thing, 
there is still like live video and you know shout out to all our homies who are like moshing to like you know just off of the the vibes of the live aspect versus like i've listened to this demo multiple times and i know the mosh parts but um yeah like we're gonna put we've put this out and there's stuff that people can look back at and you know older versions of songs and 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 nerdy shit like that if and anyone wants to get that deep into it and I feel like most bands, uh, that's not the plan to you know play a bunch of shows that then release the demo. So for you guys going that route and watching the videos, it, it's cool to see the kids participating and not just standing around because that is kind of strange for uh, people to actually be active for a band that doesn't have any material out. So the fact that they've been down, see you guys live and still, uh, you know, mosh or move around and not make it weird and just stand there. Uh, <laughs> was that uh your guys's plan or does that just how things just kind of worked out that you guys just i think it just, uh, you know had to play all these shows and wait to record yeah well because when we first started out because yeah it was like that we just kind of like made that show like out of nowhere like with what was it us plead and snake pit snake pit um it literally was like i was putting on this show to help raise money for the scope two year and i was like okay i need another band because most most bands weren't available for for that date so i was like okay we have to have our shit in line so we can play a first show um so i could just have a, at least a three band bill yeah um but yeah i don't know i think that there was um always the thought of like we want to get it out sooner um you know not play as many shows but endgame was almost a a nice like safe bet when I was doing some of the scoped shows. Well, yeah, because we just kind of kept throwing it on the scoped shows. Like that was our first two shows was we threw them on and uh, we threw them on the first two shows for just for free. Like we we're just like, yeah, we, we can just throw it on because I mean, you're literally the one putting on the shows you're <laughs> yeah. playing in the bands. So it just worked out and it just kind of I don't know, worked out that way instead of having to like wait. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's one of the reasons we why we didn't wait. We were just like, we're literally the one putting on the show. So we might as well just throw our band on there just because we already we, we have stuff like written. We have it all there and it helps fill the gap. Add another like opening band kind of deal. I'm sure like most bands listening or, you know, any band could, can attest to this. There's always like if even if a band's like this is our first show, they might have actually been jamming for like probably a year prior. Like I've I've been in plenty of bands where that's been the case where it's like it just takes maybe some quality time to like write good songs together, get in the vibe of playing with one another. So it was kind of the same for us. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad this demo is going to be off our plate. So we don't have to be so, the, the, the butt end of like the, the joke of like, okay, which where's which, the demo? Where's the demo? Yeah. yeah. I posted like anything. I think I like finally like posted like the day that like we had like, we've like organized like for it to drop. Like we had everything in hand and I think like I like tweeted about it and Luca was like, just fucking drop it. I know it's already, you've already shown me it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but we have to like, we have to wait for like the Spotify and everything to be up and yeah, you know, even though like a lot of like hardcore can just be like, throw it on Bandcamp and send it away. Like I personally like wanted if, everything if out. all. At the I same want time. everything out at the same time. Um, cause some people are Bandcamp people and some people are like on the go and they want to have their shit downloaded off of Spotify or Apple music. So that's just my take on it, but I'm both. 
<laughs> so uh, this is it was scheduled to come out on uh, Monday, and by the time this releases, the record should be out. Do you guys have like a big rollout plan? Because I know you guys have things scheduled as, as far as the streaming platforms. I know there's a music video, but do you guys have anything else planned as far as like maybe, uh, you know, CDs, vinyl or merch? I, I think I think that there was some thought with like, oh, like we should plan out tapes. But I think we want to at least just let this rock organically I'd like to, for a I'd bit. like to do tapes. Just it just depends on like when we do them. Like we're kind of throwing it out there and seeing like who takes interests if if it's a record label or like even just like because because i i have a surplus of people that i can shoot this off and they can make me tapes and it's whatever yes yeah, but i think it's like let's just do one thing at a time you know not see how it goes bite I, off yeah. too much but then we can chew well, so. i've seen that happen like a couple of times like i think like literally just like even with uh with like my friend's band spy like they Oh, they, sick. like they like i've seen them like yeah like they put out their stuff and then like yeah it's they didn't immediately i don't i don't think that they immediately put out a tape but then immediately like they had people like pick them up and be like hey like let's do it like i think they just today i saw them put out like a uk tape on wretched records wretched records or whatever uh yeah no i think we're just seeing who shows interest i guess yeah before we do that i think we talked about doing a t-shirt yeah more, like shirt pre order as, as far something. as everything that'll come out so it's actually coming out well i guess by the time you're listening it to it it will be out but it's coming out on sunday because that'll be a year from the first time we had a show um so we're dropping i'm pretty sure spotify and all that is coming out all at the same time like this is the very first band i've done that's all like shooting it off to those things so it it's not 100 percent transparent that it's like it will be on spotify these days uh, but maybe that's just me but the plan is to do, um, you know, Bandcamp, Spotify, the whole nine yards. Uh, we're doing a, a video for our the first song on the demo, Above the Law. Um, really s- simple, bare bones. That's actually going to be premiered on a YouTube channel called Hardcore Worldwide, which I'm, I'm not sure if you're super familiar with. Um, they they have a, a number of just random hardcore bands. They actually have a lot of influence. There's maybe... It's a, it's, honestly, you have for, to kind of sift through the, the cringy hardcore or yeah, metalcore. I remember when I got into <laughs> hardcore and like slam bands. Well, I remember when I got into hardcore, like years upon years ago and like just going on YouTube, like looking up shows and stuff like that. And like hardcore worldwide stuff would just pop up. It was just like, I don't know. A lot of bands just throw out music videos on them because they have a decently ga- large gathering. I guess like we just needed to host that video somewhere and I wanted to pick somewhere that wasn't a end game youtube channel because i don't want to do that no or a i didn't want to have it on the scoped youtube channel um so just having it somewhere else stick out randomly yeah um but yeah we're gonna post snippets on the instagram we might do a shirt uh later on because we got to pay off some recording costs as most bands uh need to do but uh yeah, I th- I think the ro- rollout plan is pretty bare bo- bones. We decided not to do the whole like, you know, release things gradually. Like here's a music video of a song and then another single. We're just like let's let's have it all come out at once because it's it's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's we're like in a whole different world compared to one year ago. Yeah, and I. And I, I do think it's pretty interesting because uh, part of me, when I think about bands releasing new music in this like you know current climate, 
I feel like I, I would want to be like selfish and I've like gone back and forth because I feel like uh, the way I felt about this is like, you know, different like a, a couple weeks ago. But now I'm just like, fuck, I want to try to like wait it out because because I, I, I always uh, I'm always like trying to look ahead and want to do the next thing. So it's just like if I was like, you know, going to put out a record, I'm like, OK, cool. The record's out. But like what's next, even though like it's fresh for everybody else tuning in who's never heard it. But like me, I, like the gears are always turning and I'm like, OK, the record's out. But it's just like what's next. But I feel like um, at this point you put out the record. There's not a whole lot of options because you, you can't go out and play a show you can't book a tour it's like all right the record's out but now what so I, i'm like kind of curious out like like where you guys sit you guys are gonna release this uh you know the, this demo the music's finally gonna be out but now what like how do you guys continue to keep things fresh are you guys working on new music are you guys like you know i'm doing other stuff behind the scenes to keep the band busy yeah like well definitely for me this is the most amount you know i'm a pretty busy guy running scoped and a lot of other things. So this is the most amount of time that I've actually been able to sit down and write new material for Endgame. So I think our, at least my thoughts are we put this out and then we get right back into the, the process of writing new music. I think we talked about doing like maybe a two or three song, like, um, you know, promo or something like something yeah, like, a little, like a single or whatever. Um, yeah, well, some, something yeah. really simple, but like it is really challenging for bands like because there isn't that like payoff of like doing those songs and then like being able to premiere them in a in-person scenario. Um, so I, I don't know if it's demeaning, but like it definitely is. It, it doesn't grant you that same level of fulfillment that it was a year ago where you could put something out. Somebody's like, oh, this is so sick. Come out to my festival and play these songs. And then there's, you know, it's just thing after thing that makes you like really proud of of your music and now it's more like you drop it it gets a little bit of traction and then it's like you said like okay what's next well yeah and you you and you spent or yeah you you travis and remy all said that you guys had like kind of like come up with each your own thing i mean i've like been like kind of like writing stuff here and there myself yeah just because we've had so much time with quarantine before we even like before we even like recorded everything because we got drums at the beginning of quarantine then it was like four months of like well everybody don't go near each other yeah. um we've had a pretty interesting like drummer situation in this band which was probably <laughs> another thing that helped delay some of these things yeah uh i don't know if you want us to go into that <laughs> Yeah, because I was actually curious because I uh, feel like I, I went backwards. I, I watched the the music video, which that was cool. And then I watched that video of you guys playing at that. Um, uh, what's name? It was like some boutique. It was like really bright. Oh, Neverland. Oh, Shout out yeah, to Neverland. Neverland. I remember Trenton from Gadget. Like was like he, like, he immediately like, messaged me. He's like, damn, Canada keeps the fucking lights on at shows. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, was like uh, super bright. I, I was tripping out, but yeah, but I noticed you guys had a different drummer, and I was like, oh, I was like, I, I wasn't sure if there was like you know, uh, just a, a fill in, or was there like an actual member change? Yeah. So, um, like Wolf mentioned, Chad, our original drummer, he was writing all the, all these songs, maybe minus one, but I think he, the last song, no mention, he did not write. Yeah, that was the yeah, only every song, but no Frank. mention, which is the last song. Um, you know, things changed for him. He wanted to do essentially like different kinds of music, I guess. 
which were outside of hardcore, which is chill. He's a um, SoundCloud rapper now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Shout out awesome. to Anti, uh, A-N-T-I. Um, but yeah, so we were kind of like, I, I feel like drummers are maybe one of the hardest positions to fill because not only do you need to find a good drummer, but you have to find one that isn't in like seven other bands. Um, so we hit up, I remember, I don't know if, I, I think I hit up uh, Frank and Frank plays drums in this band called Snake Pit. And they're kind of like a, I would call it like a thrashy metal band. Yeah. So, very much so. Like a but, th- very, but he, very fast. But he like metal. grew up in hardcore. Like he used to live in a house where they had like house shows all the time. RIP the trap house. Yeah. Um, so I asked him like, hey, like, would you want to join? And he came to jam with us and he was very upfront like, hey, I can't be in this band, but I will help you guys essentially bridge the gap into finding your full full time drummer. So he was kind of like our full time fill in for the longest time. And yeah. and then it just became that the, we were getting certain opportunities maybe outside of the province that he couldn't commit to. And that just became the the tension of like, OK, I guess we do need to find a, a full time drummer. And uh, with Travis, who's our current drummer now, he actually messaged the scoped account because he is from Alberta. He moved to Toronto for a few years and then he just recently recently moved back. And so he was just trying to figure out how to get acquainted with local shows. And uh, I was just shooting him some info. He's like, yeah, if you need a, if you need a, if you know of any bands looking for a drummer, let me know. I was like, well, I'm just like, oh, my bad. What a coincidence. <laughs> so, um, so we got together, started jamming and then, yeah, the, the rest is history. Um, so shout out to Frank because he recorded all the drums on the, on the, on the demo. Well, he recorded all the drums and he, every live show that we played, we played with him. Like yeah. he didn't write the original songs, but or like he's the only one who's played them live right. at shows. So mm-hmm. yeah, honestly, we would have not had not have like gotten like a yeah. whole lot done past the whole writing process without him. So yeah, and, shout and, out Frank. And and that's kind of like if there's anything that I'm call it looking forward to with new end game stuff after this is to be able to write with Travis and you know, to write with him and have him like when we have shows back, have him be able to play those songs that he himself wrote yeah because everyone has like different styles for fills and 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 random little shit so um yeah that that's what i'm looking forward to but yeah we uh we were we were struggling for a bit to just have someone be committed to the sticks i think it's awesome the way that it worked out you guys are just obviously uh, looking for a drummer but then one just kind of found its way to you just shot you a message uh, you know new to the area and just trying to find a way to get involved and it all just kind of fell into place i i think th- those stories are pretty awesome yeah unbiasedly us end game has really benefited from scoped in many ways <laughs> gee i wonder why well, yeah <laughs> i'm not I, i'm not mad at it you guys or, or you spencer you and um, everybody else involved work really hard to get that stuff going you know filming and putting everything online it, it's not an easy job so i feel like you know sometimes you should be able to enjoy some of those uh, you know perks yeah i was concerned at the beginning just because it was like 
I had I had craved to be on the other side of the lens for many years. I didn't join a band when I first moved to Calgary for the longest time, and then I was like, okay. Really, well, were you in? Really you were in Locked In before you came here, but I mean, also, yeah, but we like that yeah. really took the wind out of our sails because we were doing that band long distance. Yeah, but yeah, like I had thought about doing something in Calgary eventually, but it just was like finding the right people and the right, I guess, kind of band. I truthfully i wanted to start i didn't even want to start a band i just wanted to play second guitar in a band that was already established um but you know some of those bands that i had i i had reached out to you know they're like oh we're we're good with one or or whatever it was but, yeah um i also i used to play in this band called usurper which was is very like it's a branch uh away from what endgame is musically and um you know, I, I left that band before I moved and I wanted to play that style of music, like really fast, thrashy, just very stock guitar chords uh, and riffs. Um, and, and Endgame ended up being that. But uh, as far as like with um, with Scoped, it was like, OK, I have to play these shows. Who am I going to get to film our sets? So Jordan essentially has filmed every end game set uh or or someone else in the mix of that yeah i remember like thinking that before our first show because i wasn't really sure because he was still pretty new to the team at that point i believe yeah, yeah. uh and i was just kind of like we, like we pulled up and i was like wait a minute spence who who's gonna film the end game set and <laughs> it's like he, great end game is gonna be the only band like gonna be the only band that just doesn't get filmed by scoped exposure and i was like oh wait right we have jordan there's hell yeah there's only one end game set in our existence that hasn't been filmed and that's because we went up to edmonton right and i didn't i didn't know anyone who would be competent enough to to handle a camera and it was only after that we played that someone was like oh did you not film your set i was like oh i didn't know anyone and they were like oh i could have held it so <laughs> you know i in in the in the process of documenting as much as i can i'll always try to make sure that end game can be filmed as, as well <laughs> But uh, obviously, I'm, I want to play. Uh, just curious, why you guys decided to go with uh, "Above the Law" for the quote-unquote single? You guys shot the music video for it. Uh, the reason for going for that, obviously, like it, it ties it, of all of our songs. Like I, I wrote those lyrics well over a year ago. At this point, it was the first song that I wrote for Endgame. Like it's the first song on the album, like after the intro, but. It just in general, it's the first song that I like, and it's the song that I like. I focused most on, I'd say. Um, I have very strong feelings towards it. Uh, it, but I find that now more than even when I wrote the song, it ties to like just real world events, everything going on in the world with police brutality, police corruption, just everything with the Black Lives Matter movement. Just I find that it ties the most. Like when 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 we were talking about hey like let's do a music video felt that it was the most powerful song to tie something to um we could have cho chosen a different song that like showed us like almost like more musically kind of deal uh like because some of our other songs kind of like show like, a few more aspects but i just i don't know i personally found that it was it would it was a good song to choose for this kind of timing it just i don't know it expresses a lot of my feelings toward things that are going on in the world right now. And I feel like a lot of everyone else in the band kind of shares the same ideologies around 
that and stuff like that. So I guess that's the biggest yeah. reason we chose that song. Yeah, we haven't really talked about this publicly at all, but we actually were gonna we were considering doing Fool's Play, which is the second last song as the music video. Not not because we thought that song, like Wolf was saying, was lyrically more relevant or things like that. It was more like logistically because uh, there's a guest vocals feature on it. So also, we're like yeah. trying to figure out like, can should we get video of Luca in his garage in Vancouver? <laughs> um, but that didn't pan out. But like, I think it was when we were listening back to the first couple balances with vocals that I was like, okay, like there's just more aggression and bite in in Wolf's vocal performance on that song of all versus, the songs that is definitely absolutely else. like the most yeah, so, the most aggressive. So it was like okay, it it's definitely like more call it um, relevant to what's going on, but it also I think is the best showcase of uh, best the, like yeah best showcase best example of like what we bring to the table yeah. The most flame, as the kids like to say. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that you, you mentioned you wrote that song. Uh, you said a, a year and a half ago. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, like in February of 2018, 2019. Yeah, it must yeah. have been. Yeah, just whenever, because, whenever, like we first formed, like we. It was regret. Honestly, it was yeah. It was just over a year ago, or so. But like, I wrote those lyrics a year ago, and they have tied. I think I wrote the very last, very very last uh, verse of the song when you come when it comes back to vocals. I wrote that part right before we uh, kind of like did. So like, there was a little bit of a rendition because I, I, I was kind of missing something on that song, and with everything kind of just fueled and inspired to write that last verse. And just to make it especially fit to everything going on in the world. Yeah, I actually didn't realize that 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 though that verse is more current times like reflection. You know, you know the line like it's us. You, it's us you should fear. As far as like literally, standing, yeah, standing united. It's us you should fear. Yeah, because I'm sure if you wrote that whole thing a year ago, it would be totally different lyrically. Yeah, but it's kind of a trip when you think about everything that's going on and how long ago you wrote that and not a whole lot has, uh, you know, moved in the direction of things getting better. It just seems like we're kind of going in the opposite direction and things are just uh, getting worse. And it's like I sometimes like think about it and, you know, try my best to work and help and try to make positive change like here locally. But sometimes I just feel like it's just nothing's like moving like I, there's like little victories here and there but like when you look at like the bigger picture it's like holy shit like will this ever get any better yeah it's it i i think like i think like you said like l little victories you know those are things when you're scrolling through social media and you see police budgets being decreased in millions of dollars you're like yes like that's that's a win for us but when then when you see like another black man being shot by police it it almost it it's kind of like the negatives just say yeah just this feel way more impactful than the positives just as we go alone we've had at least i think two very large incidents kind of bringing people back to it because for the last couple of months we had it it kind of it popped off a lot like two months ago when everyone was like first like protesting and it was very 
globally broadcasted like everyone was seeing it and it's still happening today uh it's just not being covered by media people aren't sharing it anymore because i mean the sad truth of it is that people were kind of treating it like a trend there and it faded off even though it's still happening people just aren't showing it and aren't sadly caring caring about it as much so um that's another reason why it's kind of nice to bring this video out i don't know it kind of resurfaces some things where it reminds people of what's going on in the world yeah and what has been going on for so long as well mm -hmm. yeah for us out here in the united states we have a big election in november so i feel like that's gonna kind of be like a big like point in time where we're going to see kind of where this country is going to go if we're going to kind of stay in the same state or if, if we do get a new president maybe hopefully uh, we'll see some light and maybe things will start to get better and we will see some actual change but uh, it's just uh, definitely crazy times for us down here i i'm honestly i'd be remiss remiss is that the right word i'd be surprised if if someone was actually like maybe on the fence of being like a, a trump supporter and just seeing the chaos that is this this world right now and how the states is handled like i can't even imagine how just shitty or things are just across the border um you know like canada has its problems alone like with the coronavirus with police brutality like you guys you i think you guys are number one but we're number two like while a lot of the rest of the world is like very very small numbers as far as police who have killed people so it's yeah i don't like fingers crossed for you guys in november like i remember vividly when when trump was uh elected i remember looking i was watching that stream on my on my laptop it was because i had fell asleep while watching it and it was like two in the morning and it said that he won i was like oh no <laughs> what what yeah. looney tune land are we about to go into i think it was the first year that i ever went to sound and fury was the year that trump got elected and it was just i hadn't been to i hadn't been to the states in like many years since i was like in like high school early high school or whatever and i just remember yeah going to sound and fury like 18 years old first time ever going to the states like on my own like with like friends and stuff like that and just like seeing, yeah, just tons of stuff about Trump everywhere I went. And I was like, this is fucking weird. This is kind of fucked up. I, I'm yeah, I'm also curious on like what, because I don't think coronavirus is going away by November. And I know like certain people have stopped like physically campaigning. Like they won't go out and do like tours or, well, I think Trump still does it, but he's a, he's a psycho. But I am curious like how, like because there's all this stuff coming out just about like voter fraud and like rigging elections so people can't vote or mail-in votes like taking away usps i think that's what it is oh mm -hmm. yeah just like an absolutely like fucked time <laughs> yeah it's uh definitely strange i i, I remember uh, when he got elected, I, I was actually working at my local comic shop. I, I was just hanging out with my buddy who's the owner and we were just chilling and we're just kind of paying attention to what was going on. And then when it was announced that he won, we're like, holy shit, this is going to be pretty strange, uh, you know, next four years. And I, I remember, you know, people being like super bummed and, uh, you know, vowing to not let him get a second term, but it's just like, not going to lie. It seems like, uh, 
it's like trending in the direction that he's probably going to get another second term. And I don't know if that's because it's going to be rigged. If this is already all planned out some, you know, dark conspiracy, but um, it's definitely strange times. And um, I don't even know how it's going to go. I I feel like uh, coronavirus is, it obviously still is the thing, but I feel like people are way more relaxed about the fact that we're actually in a pandemic because I I, I like people have gotten to the point where they're just sick of, uh, just being at home and trying to, you know, live their life th- like the way it was before. Like people want to get back to work or people just want to get out of the house and just do anything to try to feel alive again. So it, it's certainly weird times. And yeah, I don't think the the whole virus will be gone by November. I, I still feel like it will be an issue. Uh, who knows when it will you know become like, you know, something less of a problem. Uh, but I'm hoping it's soon because I'm I, I would like to get back to not having to wear a mask, even though I, I do wear a mask when I go out just to be respectful to other people and try to stay healthy. Uh, but is that enforced just down where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, to get into like any place. They were definitely requiring it. Like they'll, uh, you know, not give you any service or ask you to leave if you're not wearing one. Yeah. We, we literally were like, I was getting batteries for my, audio recorder just before i came over here and some dude walked into the gas station like no mask and it's like a there's bylaw actual, yeah there's a bylaw here that, that's like, like you have to it. wear a mask and uh mm-hmm. the gas station clerk was like yep here's your smokes or whatever yeah you're buying. fine bud so i was saying like if if it's a bylaw that people have to wear a mask it should also be a bylaw that if you're not wearing a mask you could just straight up sucker punch someone just fucking not clock guy <laughs> not wearing a mask right let's fucking square the fuck up (laughs) yeah it's definitely controversial um like i I don't mind wearing it because i obviously want to try to help the cause and slow the spread and uh, give us a chance to to beat it because i I feel like wear a a mask so you can go to shows again yeah (laughs) straight up oh dude going to a show that 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 would be amazing even (laughs) though like i you know I, i i felt hopeful that we would see one soon but now it just seems like I don't even know. Like the, the thought of a show, like a, a show happening, like legit with no bass, no backdoor secret stuff. Like I, it's just not even like, you know, in like the realm of possibility in my mind right now. Well, back in like late March, April, when like every festival was starting to realize like they either had to cancel or reschedule. You know, I was watching like Wild Rose Hardcore Fest that happens here. They just straight up canceled. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure they got like a couple people being like, well, are you sure you don't want to reschedule it for the fall? But like, you know, Promcore, which is like right after Wild Rose, they rescheduled and then had to cancel again because of, you know, this whole thing in the mix. So I was sad. I wanted to go to Promcore. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just hard to to ask like so many people to be like, hey we're going to have to postpone. Can you reschedule? Cause I feel like just trying to get organized and get everybody on the same page, get the time off flights and everything just to have them redo it again. I, I feel like it's just so hard and it's just like a hard ask uh, for like that many people. Yeah. Like I'm sure the people that put on LDB prom core while like it is their baby for their entire year. It's their year project. So like when that gets stripped away from you with things that you can't control, obviously you're trying to be optimistic and try to adapt and reschedule things. But like, you know, I always laugh at like looking back at like 
end of December Instagram posts and people were like, 2020 is going to be my year where I do this, this, this. And like 2020 is no one's year, man. 2020 is the year of coronavirus. Hey man, besides the fact that like we're in a global pandemic, I'm having a decent year. I mean, besides the fact that it's a global pandemic. I've played a lot of video games. I've, uh, my band's putting out a demo. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's like, obviously there's like, you know, some horrible stuff that have happened this year, but yeah, I I always just try to find the upside and just try to enjoy uh, my life a bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was I I think it was like the last episode I I mentioned uh, I used to do this podcast part time, which is uh, crazy to think about. Like I would only re- record on like certain days of the week, but during the pandemic, I like moved and switched to like a full time schedule, and things just kind of kicked into gear. And I just started working at this like way harder, and um, uh, it was like you know one thing that I was kind of like forced to like refocus just because I had so much more free time because. I used to spend a lot of my time at Disneyland and that just wasn't an option right now. So I was like, all right, I have all this free time. Like, let me try to rework it into something, you know, positive and try to, you know, help grow this thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Did Disneyland ever reopen? No, no. So there's like, um, like connected to the actual parks. There's like a, like a shopping area where there's like restaurants and Uh you can go buy like uh, merchandise that reopened. Uh, but the park has not reopened like the like the park's president uh, did like a, a podcast the other day and he mentioned that the Disneyland's ready to be open, but they're just kind of waiting to get the OK from the state. So yeah. we're just kind of well, yeah, so it's kind of up in the air, not rushing, rushing to it. Well, they had a, um, a reopening date set um, and it was uh, going to be on Disneyland's uh, birthday, but then. There was like a bunch of uh, backlash from the community, like um, locally, because yeah. people are like, "Oh, like, well, like, why are you gonna open uh, a theme park in the middle of a pandemic? Like, that's where uh, Ground Zero will be." And there's like the, uh, like a, a ton of controversy because yeah. like people like want it reopened because um, a lot of people have just lost their jobs because like Disneyland and like that like the Disney Corporation here like out in Orange County they employ like a lot of people so for the fact that the parks have been closed since march uh like a lot of people you know were getting unemployment but then got uh well first they were still getting paid by disney it was like the first two weeks and then they ended up getting furloughed and then people had to sign up for unemployment and they were lucky if they got that and then with i, I think like part of like unemployment uh, i think they were getting like an like additional six hundred dollars like that just uh went away i think like last week and it like went from like 600 to 300 so it's, it's just like a big deal so like there's like pros and cons to like why the park should open or stay closed yeah uh, but in my opinion i think it should reopen i feel like uh they've been able they've proved at uh you know there are other parks across the world that they're able to do it safe the like like i mentioned earlier the the shopping area downtown disney has been opened yeah uh, there's been one positive case of covid but that was from an employee not like a guest oh, bringing it oh, in okay, yeah because yeah, they're they're pretty thorough with like you know checking your temperature and making sure everybody's wearing like proper masks like you can't go in there wearing a bandana like you have to have like a right. actual mask just to keep everybody safe and um so i i think that they can do it it's just the state's just kind of being weird our governor is pretty whack and yeah uh, well so. better safe than sorry <laughs> especially yeah. for disney they don't need uh that in the mix of things for them yeah absolutely not oh yeah they cover up like 
people dying at the park. They're not going to want to announce that this crazy virus, um, you know, was found inside their parks. So damn. Yeah. Disney just covering shit up. Like, like they're like the mafia or something. Well, well, that's always been the thing is uh, like, say if if you actually died in the park, they would like wait to announce your death. Like once you got to the hospital, just so really, yeah, just so like it, so it so wouldn't be like um, saying that somebody died on, them. on Disneyland, saying that somebody died oh. at the hospital after being injured at Disneyland. You can't die in the most magical place on earth. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's bad for business. <laughs> exactly. So they're, they're, they're trying to be smart with it, but yeah, but it's crazy. Um, you, you brought a wild rose. That was like a, a pretty big bummer for me. Cause that was something that I was like looking forward to and like actually wanted to, uh, attend and go to Canada for the first time and see all you guys. Yeah, J- Jamie promised me. I think it was right after. I think we just started posting Wild Rose 2019 videos, and you're like, "Okay, I'm coming up for 2020." And then obviously this year was absolutely yeah. I, I saw that a lot with a lot a huge a huge presence of like my American friends all were telling me that they wanted to come down this year and that they were gonna come down this year. Like my friend Carter from Florida who I like road trip to LDB with. Uh, we all convinced him to come up this year for Wild Rose after he saw like the announcement where he saw like, cause he saw like Knocked Loose and like Never Ending Game and Payback and a bunch of those guys. And like a lot of like homies that he has like all of, like the like wrist meat razor, yeah. CU Space Cowboy, all of those, all those guys were all coming up. He's like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll come up like with a bunch of them. Um, like, but even just a general, like I, I heard, I had like this year had a lot higher like presence of like Americans and just people out of country well, coming out. Well, even like shout out Axe to Grind, like they were talking about all these different festivals to check out in the summer, I think around January or February. And they like shouted out Wild Rose and I totally didn't expect that. And they were just like talking about the lineup and they're like, yeah, like if you live 20 hours driving from there, yeah, you should check that out. And so like, you know, I th- we Wolf and I have both seen Wild Rose at its infancy as far as being a very like smaller regional fest where it's like it wasn't even wild called Wild Rose. Yeah, where it was mainly like here's a bunch of Western Canada bands and then a couple headliners from from the states. Yeah, but now it's like it is a behemoth. Like they're bringing fucking like Knocked Loose, Madball, like huge huge bands like. This year specifically, I was very excited um, that they were bringing Cauldron from the UK. So it was like yeah. the first like overseas band that they were bringing in. Um, well, I remember I was talking with Cody from Serration and Mortality Rate. Um, I can't remember if it was when I was getting tattooed by him or if it was just we were just hanging out. But I remember he was telling me that, yeah, like how they got Cauldron, I believe, was they were literally just like it was when Mortality Rate and Serration were on tour in the UK. Yeah, in- in Europe. Um, and and in Europe, and I think that they played a couple of shows, and they were like they, they were blown away by Cauldron, and Cauldron kept on being blown away by both of their bands. Right. And I think that like just in like in touring, they were just like, yeah, if you guys ever want to come to Canada, kind of deal. And they were just like, we would love to. And when they were making Wild Rose, they were like, fuck it, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it. I feel for all those guys, Curtis, Jay, Cody, and Nathaniel who put in a lot of work to build up that brand and build up that, I guess, reputation for Western Canada. Cause you know, there there's been a number of fests that were out here and just 
aren't around anymore. There's like, been a lot, yeah, that have like it's like some people gone. in Canada will know it, but I've never seen one, at least in my time in hardcore, even really before my time in hardcore. Like the the next biggest one that I can think of is like out in the east, which is was Heartfest, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. never went to it, but I remember I always like watch me like, oh, I'd love to go to that. And then when I finally was like starting to like go out of out of city out of province for shows it, it ended mm-hmm. yeah well i and i'm i'm hoping that once this shit clears up like that wild rose 2021 or you know hopefully it's nothing after that but i i hope that fr- from what i've heard it sounds like all those like i i don't even know with a lot of these promoters if like if they're going to try and do the lineup that they intended this year or if there's going to be a conflict as far as um you know like a band not being able to do it or maybe they're broke up in quarantine or or whatever it is but uh it'll be interesting to see once it actually becomes a reality to have shows again how promoters navigate through that i feel like it's going to be like a whole new landscape cuz i feel like when it's okay to tour play shows again every i feel like everybody's going to be out there trying to you know make something work so right. I, I feel like everybody's schedule is just going to be like way different so i would be really surprised if these fests were able to have the same lineup obviously i feel like but even since then there's so many awesome new bands that have come out so like right. it'll, it'll, it'll probably be better uh, a better lineup than what it was yeah like um even you know, I was talking with, uh, I was at a, one of my clients and they were just talking about like, oh yeah, once coronavirus is over, a lot of people are going to be like touring again. And I almost like, I had a realization there that it might be like oversaturated. Like there might be too many tours coming through. Like, you know, it might go back yeah. to that aspect where there is a hardcore show every weekend that people are going to, but you know, that can ebb and flow as far as being like too much or too little, but I think I think we're all in a time where the withdrawal for hardcore live hardcore is Everyone's real. Everyone's just like I'll never take I, hardcore I would, shows for granted again. Yeah. If coronavirus was like dead and gone by tomorrow and there was a show every weekend for the next year, I would be at every single one. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm ready for uh, the quote unquote oversaturation at, at this point. I, I I and even before like I I didn't like take it for granted, but I I just want to uh, just appreciate it even more when it comes back right just try to go out and see every band that i like because who knows when i'll when it'll be you know the, the last time because the last time i didn't think it was going to be it for for a minute i i went into that show in march had a good time was like all right wait, what's the, the gig next week and sure enough it was all gone and here yeah, we are like we uh, played basically september and it's nothing has happened yeah we played uh, I think it was our last show was mid February. We didn't have anything lined up after that, and then uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what happened. <laughs> so, uh, you, uh, I, I, I hope I'm able to talk about this um, publicly. But uh, Spencer, we had talked, and you had mentioned that maybe there's going to be a, a show happening in your area, like a secret thing. Um, oh, uh. Yeah, like not not a actual like in-person show, but uh, oh, I am okay. working on like a little project with Scoped where we're going to do some online shows where it's like a pre-recorded set 
in either a venue or a studio setting that we mix and edit together and then premiere. Like we'll promote it as like an actual show, but it's all online. So it'll have a Facebook event, but it mm-hmm. will direct people to a link where they can watch it. And I was mainly wanting to do that because at least watching that and having a a little bit of an intro and maybe a post show where people can chat. Like it's okay. more about like the people who are watching get to see their their homies in the chat being like, yo, like what's up so-and-so from Regina or so-and-so from <laughs> Quebec or, or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, I am working on that um, in the midst of that. I, I said like, I was kind of juggling that and this end game release. I was like, I just need to get this end game shit off my plate so I can really focus on, on the other aspect. The other so thing. I was on this uh, random, uh, you know, Spotify playlist, just, you know, random music coming up stumbled upon this artist uh her name's uh tessa violet and went to her youtube page just you know just doing some uh, uh research i was into the music that, that i heard and she did this uh this tour and she would do these just like random uh, live streams on these like specific dates as if she was like you know on like a like a actual tour and like <laughs> okay. just looking at it from the outside in i was like okay this is kind of corny but then I, I i tuned in to the last one and i was like you know what i was like this is awesome for for anybody who enjoys the music to be able to have something like this during these times i'm like this is awesome this is cool at least they get to hear these songs uh you know live and i and i i was kind of against like bands doing like live streams but i was like whatever i was like that's better than nothing these days and i'm like way more into it so uh i totally back the idea of you doing those sets and putting them out there and having people like come together and just try to you know have some sort of like you know social aspect to it yeah I don't. I don't know if Endgame will do one. I haven't asked the guys yet, but so we'll, say, this is my first time hearing of this. <laughs> but uh, I, I think, I think if uh, I've told the guys, like I think the first one that we post, we're gonna get a surplus of messages from all these different bands that want to do that same thing. So mm-hmm. it's not just the four to five bands that we've chosen for this series. Like it, there will be stuff afterwards because we all we're all unsure of uh how like how long this thing is gonna last so you know i implore bands in the midst of all this who are just trying to be adaptive and do you know jump on my podcast jump on your podcast you know do a live stream do a really random like merch collab two bands together um i know like literally today dying wish uh which is essentially like Calgary loves Dying Wish. Shout out to Western Canada in general loves Dying Wish, especially uh, especially Vancouver. Vancouver yeah. has a lot of love for Dying Wish. But um, they they just put out a new song and a music video, and I was like watching some of it on my phone. And this is me just making speculation. I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but it looks like there's live footage of them like playing on stage with like lights and shit like going around behind them. But I'm I'm almost I I would bet that they shot that footage during quarantine at a venue with no crowd, but, you know, had the lights going and stuff. So I was like, man, that's like a if that's the case, that's a really cool way to still give it a, you know, not a just in a random like warehouse or forest kind of vibe of a music video and still have it, you know, an actual live show aspect. Just, you know, if the camera panned around, there would be no one behind them. (laughs) 
And how's uh, traveling right now? I'm in Canada because I recently, well, not recently, uh, I've been a fan of this band from Eastern Canada for a while. So I would love to see them on your series if that would be possible like is like traveling a a thing or is it like scary like it is out here in the states uh in canada like the border the only part of the border that's really close is getting up to canada from anywhere else because technically we can travel across the border like to the states um you just need to have like a man like an actual like real reason for leaving the country yeah um you can't just be like oh i just feel like going on vacation yeah um but as far as going inside of canada i'm pretty sure it's pretty much just business as usual i've had a couple friends like go from like calgary to like vancouver stuff like that yeah i think like so like me and my wife we do a lot of camping over the summertime uh and you know we went over to revelstoke which is like a, a random small little camping mountain town in bc and, you know, like saw a plethora of like license plates from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, all over Western Canada, even like you get the random Quebec or Ontario. Um, there there was something recently where the I think it was like the premier of BC was like essentially telling Albertans to like stay out of BC because they were having problems with coronavirus. So like me and my neighbor talked about this, like someone went just they were camping and they had parked and then they went back to their car and it was like windows smashed, like tires were slashed, like completely vandalized. And it was a note, like go back to Alberta. So I feel like that is the minority in the, in the vast majority of everyone is being conscious of, you know, keeping their distance, but they're not letting coronavirus necessarily rob their summer. Um, I think a lot of people like camping is definitely one of the main things I think people can do. Yeah, I have a lot of friends doing that right, right now. now. Um, but as far as like, if if there's anyone listening who's never looked at a map of Canada, like, uh, like Western Canada is very spaced out. So like, if you want to go from Vancouver, which is on the west coast. Is that right? Yeah. 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 To Calgary, you have to drive through the mountains and that's like a, at least a 12 hour, 12 hour drive. And then going to the next major city is Regina. And that's another, what, eight hours? Well, like I haven't been to Regina in a very long time. Yeah. I know regardless, let's keep moving forward. So like the, the process, the struggle that we have is that when bands do come up, there's not a lot of in-between spots for them to play. So it's a larger a larger gamble for them to drive all the way to this place to maybe play to maybe not the crowd that they were expecting on that level of commitment. So when you go over to Eastern Canada, things are more compact, like Ottawa, Montreal, You can Toronto. just bang out like a bunch of cities. Like Toronto, you could do easier. an entire province as far as all like the little cities there. Um, but there is like a actual separation between call it what where western canada starts and where eastern canada kind of starts um it's either a two days drive through the states or a two days drive kind of over all the lakes um going down into southern ontario so it's uh it going back to your original thing as far as like the band from eastern canada i'm not sure which band but 
um, it is harder for bands from to go from the west to the east and vice versa. But the ones that do come our come their way over here, like we make sure to to show them a good time. You know, not only with like what I do with Scoped, but like um, shout out Blessing and Lopsaria. They came out just to play two shows in Alberta, and then they drove all the way home back to. Uh, uh, I think they're in Brampton or or something. Sounds about right. So, yeah, yeah, no, we've had. I mean, we've had a very good. I mean, before COVID, obviously, but we we had a very good thing going where we had like a lot of like more large scale and bigger bands coming through for like things like Wild Rose or even just shows like standalone shows that like we managed to have tour packages for um, that just kind of fell to us. Uh, but like they come out and then people just gave 100% and the people in those bands just loved what they saw and they wanted to come back and they were telling their, they, they were just like telling other bands, similar bands like to come out and stuff like that. Like, and so for like the last year, like we started like having a lot more traction of people like coming over to like Western Canada, um, specifically like Alberta, uh, Western Canada, like, yeah, like Vancouver, they at least have Seattle and Portland below them. That isn't too far. So, if you're going up that coast, you can just like pop up to Vancouver for a show and then go immediately back down. But sadly, we're like what like a six hour drive above the border when it's you're going through like what like Idaho. Yeah, I think like the the most closest American city that you could play would probably be Boise. Yeah, and that's at least I I think that's around twelve hours as well. So again, like and like we like we love Boise. Shout out. Rejection Pact, Ingrown. Um, Swarm Beating. State of Suffering. Um, but at the same time, like that is not maybe the most desirable place to go play shows. It's, neither is Calgary, neither is Vancouver. But I think showing these bands a good time so that when they do go back home, they tell their friends when they go to their chain reaction shows or their... Um, trying to think of like a really popular venue on the East Coast. But going to those hubs as far as hardcore is concerned they tell their friends like yeah i went to this show in in uh in calgary alberta canada and it was sick and they had mountains and that was very sick as well so now since it's probably harder for the bands to travel to where you're at and this is me speaking on like this whole series that you're talking about because i I just i'm thinking about it it's like running through my mind right now would it be would it be possible for you to like travel to them since it's like you know less people and this is be it would be like probably what like you maybe one other person in gear yeah like so spencer like, scope exposure goes to regina hits up uh stepping stone maybe goes to the east and the bands i was talking about was uh i'm still a huge fan of prowl and uh, uh, just ice awesome band so just ice is i yeah, so maybe like that would probably be more feasible instead of trying to get bands to travel to you during these times. Yeah, so so what I'll say on that on this whole series that we're referring to is I've I've called in a lot of favors um okay. to make to be making this series happen because I knew that I even if I was like buying plane tickets and going to these places like it I almost wanted to do it more of a showcase of just Canada talent on the band mm-hmm. and creative side as a whole so i for a lot of these have just been the the mediator to bring everyone together 
pick the bands, pick the people to shoot stuff. So a lot of the sessions that that we'll be doing, I wasn't even in the room for. I just okay. trusted um, a DOP, like a director of photography. Hey, this is what I want. You'll you'll know best once you're there because I won't be there. Um, but yeah, we just brought everyone together and everyone. I think it was a a twofold of you know people liking what I'm doing with scoped and and wanted to be involved in that, but also just people being available um, to do that with maybe not as many things in the mix with coronavirus. So um, yeah, so that'll that'll be coming pretty pretty soon. As soon as as soon as the end game demo is off my plate, it's like that's the next thing I'm really really focusing on. Okay, hell yeah, that that sounds awesome. And as well as yeah, the end game, but that that'll come mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, that'll weave its way once you get all these other things that are that are queued up, yeah. uh, out of the way. But um, you mentioned uh, Boise, Calgary, not being like the most desirable places to play, which uh, it, it's uh, I guess a fair statement. But I, I feel like right now we're in the middle of Calgary being that spot where people want to travel out to. Like that's like probably going to be like the hot spot in Canada because you know obviously bands from down here um i hear nothing but positive things from their experiences playing up there obviously wild rose going on being a thing that's going to want to attract a lot more people uh to that area so um i, I feel like it, it it can be a, a spot that people want to play but it's just like so hard because obviously yeah. the, the coast east and west um people like you know rave like we have like awesome scenes uh but you know it's all grassroots you know we all had to work hard to get these things popular and get venues and bands and scenes established i feel like that could be possible anywhere because if you look at like just anywhere in the world there's good bands from anywhere and you kind of just kind of have to uh, work at it and find people who are dedicated and willing to be down for the scene to to make things happen so i I feel like it's just like a process that uh you know takes a little bit of time obviously you know the bands you mentioned from uh boise are awesome i have uh you know some great friends from out there who are dedicated and love hardcore. And I, I feel like it's just something that takes a little time. And I, I hope one day, you know, bands that are touring will look at Boise, look at Calgary and be like, Oh, those are some six spots that we have to play. Not just like kind of look at it as like a place that they're you know passing through to get to where they want to be. Yeah. You're going to say something Wolf? Yeah, no, like, yeah. Adding to the whole, like, yeah, like it's, 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 I've noticed that with like Calgary is, like plays yeah calgary boise like but especially because of wild rose calgary has definitely become a bit more of like a hot spot i I know i have friends where they're like oh i want to play calgary kind of deal Mm -hmm. or even i remember when dare rolled through um like they were just like here to play like a one-off show but i remember angel was like yo like who do i gotta hit up to like to to hop on wild rose next year kind of deal like people want it like people watch those scoped sets like i feel like those have really helped put a name out for wild rose like on top of all like the hard work that that like uh jay cody and nate and like uh nathaniel all those guys who put on wild rose like all on top of all their work like i feel like the scoped exposure videos have really helped like people like see how it is yeah Mm -hmm. uh versus just like here's another random hardcore flyer and it's it's got a cool design and a cool lineup but like it's it's everything is seems to be working together as far as having dedicated people who are willing to sink a lot of money into making a really cool fest in in a space where there really is a lack of that i love i love the mindset uh i was talking with nathaniel uh like maybe last year 
two years ago wild rose but like his 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 mentality towards putting on his own fest is he he's like he's like he 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 doesn't care about profit none of those guys really do um but he's he was like yeah like like think about like the cost that you have to put into like go to a fest out of town especially from if you're from canada like going to a fest out right. of country especially is ex- it's it's very expensive it's mucho dinero. um it's a lot of money to go to a fest outside of the states so the fact that like you're putting maybe a couple like maybe a couple hundred more dollars more into it maybe not even maybe even less because like when you're going and traveling you have to like pay for food housing transportation everything like that whereas when you're in calgary you don't because you live here and everything you can sleep in your own bed your own bed and everything <laughs> after a um, hard night of moshing so yeah his his like mentality towards it was if i put a little bit more money into it i get to choose who i'm seeing at this entire fest and i get right. to do it with all my friends and like I'll, all at the same time i have to plan everything around it it's not like i have to work around like the fest that's going on itself and like be like oh yeah like a couple of these bands like each of the people who like plan it get to like choose a bunch of the bands that they really like would like to see and bring them out kind of deal yeah and for a little bit a few more dollars than they would if they went to another fest and i think like those guys because i had cody on on the scope podcast and we talked about wild girls like leading up to the fest before it was canceled and we were just talking about just like the 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 overall curation process because i think like you go back maybe five years a lot of fests are like let us know which bands you want to see. But like, even if a band is riding the hype train, maybe they're not going to have the craziest like response. Like maybe it is those really smaller niche acts, like shout out reclaim who drive up all the way from California just to play like 15 minutes, but people go off for them because the overall um, act of that speaks way louder than like, however many Spotify plays you that's have. exactly how it was uh what, what what was that I think it was the year that was the western front not not called when it wasn't called wild rose yet uh what was what was dying Wish's old name uh I will not say it because they don't want that no. out in the no, world. No, but anyways, before Dying Wish <laughs> okay. was was Adley had the name Dying Wish. I, you could yeah. find it but I won't um, say it. <laughs> before they actually like changed their name to Dying Wish, they played the first western front um, and they drove straight here from Portland, which is what, like a sixteen-hour drive, maybe. It's a, it's a, it's a, trek. it's a trek, absolutely, <laughs> just insane. And I think they were, they also had, they had two fill-in members too. Like they, like it was only like half of their band. Oh right, they um, had um the drummer, I forget his drummer name. of Safe and Sound. Safe and Sound. Um, he also and plays then, drums in <sighs> Cutting Through. Yeah. Um. um what else? What other member? There was another Portland band member that they had. I can't remember the name of the band um but they had yeah they had two two fill-in members and like they had a an incredible response mostly because like people were, people were like yo this band drove like from fucking portland yeah straight here and all this shit just to play here like let's let's go off for them give them a good show and after that was one of the things that like i think struck such a good bond between dying wish and like western canadian hardcore yeah was because like we put on a lot for them before they had like had ever really done anything big. And like, it just helped grow a lot of friendships and bonds between the two, the band and, the, and like our area of Canada. Um, yeah. I just remember they did a really, like a really sick hatred cover. And I, I just like <laughs> lost my shit. It seems like that seemed, is that a fest trend? Cause I don't Hatebreed? remember anybody covering Hatebreed in that's a, that's a Calgary. It, well, it's funny cause it's a Calgary thing. So it was really funny that like they did it. It's just a very popular cover. Sedition covered Hatebreed 
when they played last year. Yeah. Well, but I don't think anyone covered Hatebreed in 2018. I'm going to go check that after this. It's, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's they, they, they ended up covering Smasher Enemies, but uh, like it's funny because like, uh, yeah, it's just a big, it's a very big Calgary thing for sure. Like we've had like, we've had like, like, Two or three hatebreed cover bands in the in the time that I did because I remember, I remember shout out to Rate Breed Rate Breed <laughs> uh, when Mortality Rate did a like an entire hatebreed cover set. It's Mortality was, Rate uh, with Anthony with like, from like yeah. <laughs> on vocals. Yeah, that was that was I remember that was sick. Um, yeah, we did it a couple of times. We did it like once. We did it once at the Trap House. I forget who else played that show, but if you like hatebreed, like hate come breed, to Calgary. <laughs> we like hatebreed. It's a lot of people, awesome band. But I feel like those uh, friendships are definitely important. You, you mentioned you developed with uh, Dying Wish early on, and I feel like that that's cool because that you guys are just like showing them real love. You guys aren't trying to befriend them or have them over just because they're you know doing big things. Like no, you, like, you want to hang out and have them over just because you're damn for genuine friendship and for the love of hardcore. So to see them grow as a band and do bigger things, it, it, it's cool. And the fact that they're so willing to go up there and play shows is is awesome. So I feel like those bonds are really important for like hardcore and just you know to grow your scene and just grow that uh, you know network of friends it, it's definitely really important to, to to keep those strong and just try you know try to your best to you know keep things going and be real about it yeah i think like you know um as far as you know trying to tie back to endgame here like the last song that we wrote oh i guess like so Wolfgang was kind of like struggling with the lyrics for that. And I was just like, okay, time to step up and, and take the the pen. That shit was pissing me off. <laughs> I literally tried writing lyrics for that song for like a year. Like that's a big thing that I noticed that is that a lot of people will ride, like will like support bands off the sake of getting like social clout or just like mm-hmm. trying to get closer to them. So I was like, I, I hope that and and try to lead this for myself as far as being someone in hardcore that will support bands because it is the thing to do versus like what do i get out of it so like you know there's there's a lyric where it's like you give no love you get no mention like we're we're not like i'm not gonna at the bands that like didn't support us from day one because like unfortunately like there was people that didn't fuck with endgame because i was playing guitar which is, you know, whatever. And I'm sure there's other people who like maybe don't like Wolfgang for some reason. Maybe he has too many shirts or something. But um, that's the thing is like trying to remove the social ego barriers and just be like, we're all, we're literally all here for the same reason. We're here for hardcore, like at the end of the day. Can we just bust it together <laughs> in, in hardcore unity? But mm-hmm. yeah. I think yeah, um, it, hardcore unity, hardcore pride, baby. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree, uh, and I I always, well, not always. I I talk about it from time to time when I do this podcast. I'm literally having on people that I'm friends with, or I'm a fan of their art, whatever it is, music, uh, you know, podcast, uh, whatever they're into. Uh, I'm, I have like a genuine interest. Like I'm I'm never having anybody on because 
they're cool or it's the cool thing to do. It's like, no, like these are people that I have a genuine interest in and I just want to put it out there and share these conversations with other people who I think might find it interesting as well. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm not the only one who likes these things. So I, I just do my best to try to uh, be honest about it and put out things that I genuinely care about and think that um, people should check out. Um, if they have time. So I, I definitely don't like the whole like, you know, and it's weird that there's like this aspect of um, people wanting to, you know, gain clout or, uh, you know, be friends with certain people just because they're in a certain band or have some just weird like status and hardcore like clout kind of shit. Yeah, it's it, it, it's always been so foreign to me because um, like I've never cared about being cool or popular. I just, you know, I, I just want to meet legit real people who are into the same things that i am and that actually care like i don't care about being popular i don't care about having tons of friends i just uh love uh certain things and i just want to talk to people who are into them as well of course hell yeah i love that shit so uh, is there okay um uh but before we uh you know uh end things here is there a name to the demo or is it just uh you know 2020 demo Wolf, do you in the end we ended up just going with demo 2020 i kind of wanted to call it the bad bitch demo that's its nickname for sure that is the nickname of it because oh. i think over the first couple of shows that we had like shout out to nikki she's like she's definitely going to be our band mom once we do a tour and shit like that but Nikki is the original bad bitch she is the reason <laughs> that we that we that we chose the motto bad bitch hardcore um i i'm sure uh, when I sent the tracks to Jamie, he was like, "Who's who's diss tracking in in the middle of the song?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah, it, it's it's called Demo Twenty Twenty just for mm-hmm. posterity, I think. But it it is the bad bitch demo. Um, it's, the bad bitch demo. it's yeah. Okay, so I've uh, listened to the demo. I've seen the music video, uh, but the one thing that it's kind of lost on me is I haven't seen any artwork. Is that going to be a thing? Are you guys? Yes, um, actually, oh. yeah, actually, I was definitely hoping to go into that. Um, so my girlfriend, actually, uh, Rachel Arts, she she actually painted like did a hand painting of the entire album art. We like all it, like not like the logo or like where it says demo twenty twenty, but. Uh, yeah, me and her had talked about it and we hadn't really done anything album art wise. Like we had kind of like all talked about it, like thrown our own ideas. And mm-hmm. she was just very much so like during quarantine had nothing to do. And she's just been doing like commissions cause she's been, she had been like for the most part out of work. Um, and she just one day mocked it mocked it up and sent it to me and was like, and was like, here, like, what do you think of this? And I sent it to everyone and it was a very big hit um <laughs> yeah but I, yeah no uh i'm gonna send it to you jamie i'm curious if you could just give me your initial thoughts as soon as you get it on on instagram can we do oh, that wow. yeah all right put me on the spot let's do okay this will be a little live reaction here on the podcast all right uh, I'm, I'm down let's where do it is your name I, I still am blow, blown away how your Instagram is just X Jamie X. <laughs> Yo, that, that's uh, weird. And uh, I've thought about getting rid of the X's uh, for a long really? time. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to go just, X-less. X-less. Uh, well, I could never. <laughs> I feel like just to, to be on brand, I was like, how about I just uh, have everything just be, you know, my, my name. But I, I haven't let it go. And yeah, so maybe one day. Okay. Maybe when I feel like it's time. But who okay, knows? I sent I it to me you. For a while. It says 
You should get it. Can you check? All right. Oh, yeah. I just got Scene. it. There you go. Oh, wow. Okay, dude. I feel like you have to call it the bad bitch demo <laughs> because of what's going on on the art. Um, but no, this is sick. I, I definitely love the the, the colors are awesome. Uh, and suddenly I feel like, yeah, it's definitely in my face, like coming at you pretty aggressive. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely uh, down for this. You should definitely throw this on a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That is definitely one of the or the options that we are looking at for for when we drop a shirt, hopefully shortly after the demo drops, once we gain some traction with everything. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel. Shout out, Rachel. Uh, her her art account, like her tattoo flash account is uh, is Big Dirt Nap on Instagram. So Big check that out. All right. It's also I'll... crazy how she's an artist and her last name is literally Arts with a Z. Yeah. We were talking about that yesterday on the Scoped Exposure podcast uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, wow, me and her both have names where people are like, wow, that's like actually your name. Well, yeah, she I guess she doesn't really have a choice. It was, you know, it's probably already uh, pre-scripted. Yeah, we're, <laughs> exactly. We're in the simulation. Yeah. But hell yeah, this has definitely been sick. I'm I, I'm stoked. I'm obviously at the very beginning. I, I mentioned that I just had it made up in my mind that you guys are, had material out based on all those live videos that I've seen. So I'm stoked it definitely that. like it would seem that way. And for the longest mm-hmm. time, like, like whenever I show people like anything to do with us, they're like, oh, like so like what's selling for like your live stuff? And we like or, or for like your recorded stuff. And I'm like, oh, we don't have any Coming of that soon. right now. Sadly, we're still working on that. <laughs> I, I told the guys this as we were kind of like going through the process of recording. I was like, good things come to those who wait. And a lot of people have I'm been very, waiting. I'm very happy we made I, it. And I hope that when people listen to it, they it it is it is worth the it wait. It is absolutely worth the wait. I've had like constant people just being like, just do it. Like, just do it really fast and like, just get it to us. But I, I'm i very happy with how everything My turned out. It deserved more than Way better than, than I had ever imagined. Like I remember listening to, the, to like, the final mix i think like like the masters of everything and i was like wow this is like actually a band that i'm a part of like wow yeah yeah well i'm glad we're here i'm glad by this point of the podcast the record should be out music video will be out the artwork will be released so i hope everybody tunes in checks it out and supports you guys because i dug the demo and i hope you guys have a bright future uh, once this whole pandemic thing passes and things are able to, you know, start happening again. Shows, Wild Rose. I hope you guys get out there and people get to see you guys more. Hell yeah. Thank you for taking time out of your day to hear us chat about our dumb little band. Thanks for giving us shit. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But before we go, is there anything you guys want to shout out or plug that you haven't? Uh, set straight. You're next for a demo. The fucking boys. R.I.P. Backbite as well. <laughs> Uh, shout out to the bad bitches, the Bev checkers and the, the boys and the boys. That's all. That's, that's all I'll say. All right. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. Always, always.